Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucette, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of, and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also, visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette. As we do every week, we're joined by a brand new guest talking about their journey in and around the world of martial arts. My guest today is a chair and associate professor of film and television at the University of Colorado, Denver. He's been making independent films in a variety of genres for years. He's been a Fulbright scholar and won an Emmy for his documentary Mortal Lessons in 2010. His latest feature film, A Feral World, is currently being distributed internationally through Gravitas Ventures, and he is currently in pre-production for a new feature called Publish or Perish. Of course, none of that has anything to do with martial arts, so why are we talking to this gentleman? Well, the reason I discovered David is because of an amazing documentary titled Looking for Mr. Miyagi which will definitely be part of our discussion today. So please welcome to the show, Mr. David Lieban. How are you doing today this morning, sir? I am well. Thank you for that lovely intro. <laughs> My pleasure. That's one thing I take pride in. I do, you know, I do, I do voiceover also. So I try to try to give, <laughs> give the guests some good intros, but Kind of, first of all, to get started, like we do with all my guests, let's kind of go back to the beginning. I, you know, I, I know your story is kind of unique and stuff, and I think you're one of only two or three guests I've had that in their story, they, they studied martial arts long ago and took a very long break and came back to it. But we want to know about that, that first time. What was that? What led to that first interest and that, you know, that first spark in martial arts for you? Um, you know, it was just like all kids growing up in the, you know, the time in the seventies that we all liked Bruce Lee and all that kind of stuff. So I, um, I've always been interested in it. And then when I went to college, uh, it was, uh, there was a physical ed requirement and my roommate at the time said, Hey, you should check out karate. It's really great. So we, uh, I did, and, uh, I thought it was terrific. I really, really enjoyed it. That one was, uh, I think I studied, it was Hayashi Hashitaru. That oh, was, we, we okay. studied that. And, uh, and then that, I did that for my whole time in college. So that was what initially got me interested. Just a friend said, Hey, you should check this out. So what, what, once you t tried that first class, what kind of, you know, kept the interest, what drew you to it made you want to keep going? Boy, you know, that's a tough question. I mean, it, it was something about the, uh, I don't know, the practice, the, the discipline, the, mm -hmm. you know, the ability, you know, you're not just lifting weights up and down for no purpose. You know, you're also bettering yourself and you have the ability, you know, ultimately to protect yourself or, you know, uh, you know, even if it's, somewhat a facade at some level <laughs> it's also there's something to be said for like uh just self-improvement and it was just an enjoyable zen-like sort of um feeling that came over me by doing it nice and what was it about that first instructor you know what kind of stood out about you know that, that instructor and it's some things you maybe remember about some of those classes um, I remember like he had this aura about him, you know, like I was new to like the Japanese traditional martial arts, you know, he mm -hmm. came in the room and everybody stopped what they were doing and we all bowed towards him. And I was like, what's with this guy? You know, like, I didn't know, like that was, <laughs> that was the rank. That was what you just did. And, uh, and, you know, his, uh, you know, his expertise and 
you know, uh, his authority and, you know, his, his, his confidence, all that stuff, you know, and then when you got to see what he was able to do with his body and the kind of techniques and the way he thought about the things that he was teaching, all that stuff resonated with me. And what yeah. you said about three or four years, what belt did you get to? Uh, when I was there, I was a green belt. So okay. in, in Shitaru, I think it was like, uh, that was like the third ranking in that one. Okay. And then obviously you said you did that through college. So when college was done, is it, did you at all consider sticking with it? You know, as your yeah, you know, I did. I actually, I remember like when I finished college and I moved back to my hometown, which was Little Neck, New York, I did look around and I, I didn't really want to start a whole brand new style, you know, so I was looking for something more or less similar to mm -hmm. what I was doing. And I don't know, I didn't have, it was, I didn't find anything that really I liked a lot. It had sort of like, you know, something about it. I didn't really like, you know, you show up to the, to the dojo and they pull out a laminated piece of paper that tells you like, okay, this is how much it's going to cost. <laughs> and you're, and you're going to get a black belt, you know, by this time. And, uh, and I remember thinking like, how do you know how long it's going to take? So therefore they were selling the notion of black belt more than they were selling the notion of martial arts. And so it just didn't really res. I didn't really like the way they were trying to market the thing. And I understand it was a business and all that, but at the same point, it just felt sort of, I don't know, too commercialized. Yeah. The, the black belt contract. I've, I've, I've seen, yes. I've seen that at a handful of schools and cringe every time. I remember the first time a coworker is like, Oh, my son just signed up and he'll have his black belt on this date. I'm like, what? And it was 18 <laughs> months later. That's the scary part. I'm like, no, I don't care how good you are. You can't get a black belt in 18 months. Yeah. Um, I have a friend of mine and he, you know, his daughter got a black belt and like, I've seen her train, like, you know, their version of black belt versus the ones that are dojo is quite different. <laughs> yeah. I think normally for the, at least in my experience, the ones that do that are a lot more sport orientated. You know, it's, it's, it's flat out a sport. It's barely a martial art. It's, it's strictly for competition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's Agreed. different. So then how long was the break you know, after wow. college? Okay. So I graduated, let's see, it was probably boy, 30 years. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's even more than my last guest. I think my last guest was a little over 20. So yeah. let's, so talk about that kind of what, what led to you getting back into it? Well, um, which I kind of explore in the movie, it was right. I was at a point where like I had my our second child, I was feeling I was overweight, I was feeling like I couldn't find my own space. And I couldn't really figure out how to kind of be at ease, I was facing some depression. And, and so I just sort of revisited like, you know, well, what was, you know, what did I what part of my life really sort of felt a little bit more tranquil. And then I thought back to the days when I was studying martial arts, and I was studying karate, and um you know, I remember asking somebody, telling somebody, yeah, I remember really loving karate. I'm like, well, why don't you do it now? I'm like, I couldn't come up with a good answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I did a little research and I found this terrific teacher here in uh, Denver where I live. And, uh, and uh, he, you know, I just tried it out and immediately just like, okay, this is the guy. Like, I felt like this was a terrific, amazing sensei. And what's yeah. the, what's the current style? Shotokan. Nice, nice. I, yeah. did, I did Shotokan in high school, so that's that's, ah. a, that's a great, and it's Japanese also. So I suppose so, you know it, it felt a little similar to what you did before. Yeah, you know it's very similar. Like you know, um, 
even the katas were similar in as far as like the you know the patterns in which we move a lot of the similar you know everything is very very uh familiar to me yes nice so then the idea for the documentary you know i'm you know i'm assuming the martial arts came first and then the idea for the documentary came next just talk you know talk a little about that what you know obviously it's it's what you do but it's obviously a great idea that worked out well yeah uh, so I guess it was, you know, the idea, there's a couple things, like there's a whole lot. So there was the idea of like, I am a filmmaker and I'm also a professor. And, you know, when I make films, you tend to spend a whole lot of time sitting and editing and not moving. And it's really, really caustic and toxic to my body, you know, like making and editing a movie. So, you know, people think that you're just running around a camera, but I'd say the majority of it is sitting behind a computer, you know, so. Mm. I liked the idea of putting, I mean, I don't really love being in front of a camera. That's not my comfort zone. However, you know, uh, we, I didn't really have a budget for this and it was more like, well, what if I try to, you know, if I put myself in front of the camera and give myself this goal, uh, not only am I getting the goal of a black belt, but I'm also creating this documentary to help other people be inspired and to just, you know, I didn't know how it was going to turn out. That's the thing about these things is like, I didn't, you never really know like what's going to happen as you kind of do this kind of journey. Uh, but it was, it was a little bit of that. It was just like to create a documentary, to keep myself active and also to really enforce my goals of trying, you know, you know, not that I really felt like I was going to give up, but mm-hmm. at the same point I felt like, uh, you know, I had this added pressure on top of me, which I don't recommend and I wouldn't do again in the future. <laughs> like, uh, Uh, but, um, you know, once I started and went down that path, it, it, you know, I just, I got, you know, students got involved and people were helping me and my, uh, you know, at my dojo, the senseis really don't like having cameras in there, especially during testing and things, but they saw the value of it as well as for inspiring other people. And so they kind of broke their own rules a little bit to help me make the thing. I was wondering about that. Cause yeah, I know a lot of the traditional ones, you know, even pictures sometimes aren't allowed. And so that was, I was yeah, kind of impressed yeah, so, that you got them to do that. <laughs> yeah. Not only, yeah. You know, which is surprising too, given, you know, how many, uh, you know, different levels of approval we had to go to, but they all said, yeah. So what, uh, how'd you come up with the name? I mean, obviously everyone, for the most part, I think anyone listening to my show knows who Mr. Miyagi is, but, you know, <laughs> and, and also was, was there other names you thought of first? Not really. You know, I mean, th- I always have trouble with names, uh, titles and endings. <laughs> Those are the two, <laughs> the hardest parts of like, you know, designing a piece. But, uh, you know, I was, I love the Mr. Miyagi character, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, in my mind, it wasn't just, you know, having a sensei you know, in my mind was having, it's not necessarily, you know, I don't think of my sensei as a father figure, but certainly as a guide Mm -hmm. and as somebody who inspires and makes me think about, you know, things in life that only martial artists kind of get. So, um, you know, in my mind, like I was, I really loved the lot, the character of Mr. Miyagi. And I remember when, when I was in college and the karate kid came out I remember coming back after the break of whatever that was and, you know, our sensei at the time going, saying something like, no, you cannot learn karate by waxing a car, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so, but it was really just the idea of having a, a mentor and, you know, ironically, you know, what I imagine somebody to be as far as a sensei, I always imagined it in my mind to be somebody a little bit more, I don't know, 
zen-like and monk-like, you know, like that kind of thing. But right. the senseis in America that I have run into are not like that at all. <laughs> you know? so True. They're a little bit more, um, you know, uh, you know, defense minded and, you know, um, you know, not for better, for worse, you know, they, they're looking at the world from a place where at any point someone may attack you and you got to be ready, you know, not like, you know, at the same point, they say out loud, like, you know, the example of uh, a perfect martial artist is somebody who trains for 50 years and never has to use it. At this, you know, he says that. And then like two minutes later, is like, well, if you need to break somebody's leg, here's how you do that. <laughs> yeah, so. Nice. So at any time during the experience, I know there, it had its ups and downs. There was some t- Did you ever even think of, of stopping, not finishing the project, not, you know, not continuing with martial arts? I never really thought that I wouldn't finish the project, nice. but I remember like having this discussion with my wife. I'm like, you know, oh my God, am I like making a fool of myself? Am I like, am I I'm putting myself out there? I'm like, you know, taking my shirt off and I'm overweight. And like, you know, it was, it was like, it was the whole thing was like, oh my, you know, should I be doing this? Like, this is, <laughs> am I exposing my personal life in a way that maybe isn't really going to be beneficial? Mm-hmm. You know, I was really afraid that I was making a fool of myself and, you know, and, but the response I get is, you know, it was, you know, makes it more human, you know, right. it, it, people understand because we all go through these same sort of journey and problems and issues. So it's inspiring for sure. I mean, so have you met others that, decided to get involved in martial arts at, at a later age because of seeing the video? You know, it's funny, like to this, so I finished the documentary, I want to say like eight years ago, I mm-hmm. think. And I get emails to this day, like, thank you for making this documentary. You know, I, I've been out of karate for a while or martial arts for a while. And I saw your documentary and, or else they'll, you know, I leave, you know, my film ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger, like uh-huh. whether or not I get the black belt and people like, well, you know, email me, Hey, did you ever get your black belt? So people (laughs) to this day, like, I, I mean, at least once or twice a week, I get somebody who says thank you. And from all over the world too, you know, like from different countries, it's really very, very nice to get those kind of emails. I've, I've sent the link to many people who are on the fence about either getting back into it or even starting it for the first time. Yeah. That's one Uh thing being, I've been a martial artist myself since 1984 and uh, people I try to get, oh no, I'm, I'm too old. I'm too old. I'm like, oh, my mom joined in her forties and got her black belt. So it's, you know, yeah. anyone can do it. There's, you know, yes, maybe not anyone can do any style at any age, but there's something out there for everyone. And I, I personally, I just think everyone should try martial arts at least some point in their life. Absolutely. Like, and, and if, and if you look at the people who do it for that period of time, like my sensei is in his eighties. If you look at him, he does not look like he is in his eighties, oh, you know, like I would have never guessed that. Wow. Yeah. No, actually, I'm sorry. He's in his seventies. Well, still, his 70s. Yeah. I honestly, I would have probably guessed high fifties. Yeah. So, and all the people that are, you know, they age differently, you mm-hmm. know, like they don't like the longevity, you know, is long. Yeah. I don't know if it necessarily extends your life, maybe a few years here and there, but you certainly live a healthier life you know, as you age as well, because you're using your body in ways and you're stretching and you're doing things with your spine that most people do not do, you know, so there is a lot of value to it there. So then when you, when you finish the process, first of all, how long did the whole process take the, the video up until when you started and then up until your black belt test? Um, I want to say I started when I was 46 on the film and I finished when I was uh, just turned 50. So it was about a four year project. Wow. Yeah. And I'm guessing like a normal, normal films you work on, it's usually not that long of a project or is it? 
Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because well, mostly no, right? Okay. But documentaries are a little bit different than like a narrative or a fiction piece mm-hmm. because like, you know, you you have, you have work with small crews and little money and you gather a little bit of material here a little. And, you know, the film sometimes makes itself known by you making it where when you make a, a fiction piece with a, with a script, you know, you have a blueprint of what it's going to look like. That being said, my last film, A Feral World, we kind of did it a little bit different. Also, like the film Boyhood, we shot it over the course of four years so that you can see the characters age because they were kids over the course of the movie. So so that movie also took about that time. But then I don't really ever want to do that again because the thing is is on your mind for so many years. It's like, oh, God, I got to move on. You know, so. Man, yeah, that's 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 a big part of your life. So, uh, yeah. how much? I'm, I'm curious, how much footage did you have at the end? How many hours of footage that you had to edit down from? Oh boy, I really don't know. No. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I can't even. I don't. It's been so long. Yeah. But I, I, I I'm have, guessing like, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I have hours and hours and hours. And you know, there's so much of it that you know, there's only so much. I, I don't really enjoy watching people train even like you know like you know in rocky you know like that was exciting to you know with the music and he runs up and down the stairs and stuff it's like that's kind of inspiring but what is like a 30 second piece you know like (laughs) it's probably like when i so like watching me train i don't you know i wanted to keep that to a minimum because i don't think that's very interesting to watch you know so so you're not going to be releasing the the four hour lee band cut (laughs) no one wants to see that (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure there's some that would actually watch it but yeah i understand maybe somebody yeah somebody (laughs) and then so when it was all done was there any question at all whether or not you were going to continue with it and continue with martial arts? No, not at all. Nice. I, I wasn't making the movie simply to get the black belt. I, I was just a documentation of my process. So I never really planned on stopping. You know, that was not even in the cards. But there have been like since I made it, there have been uh, there's like when I was making my last movie, like I did take a little bit of a break for a few months while mm-hmm. I was working on that. But I came back to it. So life gets in the way. I know that sometimes. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I took up to a three year break one time. So I definitely know that. But so, yeah. and obviously, you know, we originally were supposed to do this interview about a week ago, but um, something kind of important came up. Can now, is that something we can talk about a yeah, little bit? Why, 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 why we had to reschedule? Yeah. So we were scheduled to talk last Thursday, and that won't mean anything to the recorded <laughs> right. listeners. However, um, that was the same day I was testing for my need on my second degree black belt. Uh, and I didn't, it was, it was a karma thing. It was like, Oh boy, I don't know if I should talk about this on this, that night I was going to go and then test, you know, and I was pretty nervous about it anyway as well. Right. And so uh, between the, the idea of like, you know, talking about it prior to doing it. And also like, uh, you know, maybe it would be more interesting to know the result uh, you know, for this podcast versus, you know, just saying, Hey, well, good luck and goodbye, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And then, so, so compared to the first degree test, well, how long was this test and you know, how, how different was it from the first degree test? Well, what's interesting about this test was that, um, my sensei is retiring at the end of this year. Oh. So this was his last opportunity to do these dawn exams for his dojo. And so, you know, it was very special for us because, you know, he went out of his way to make sure that he would be able to do this before he was gone. 
and uh, and we did it in a little in, in our own home dojo. Like in the past, it was like a much bigger event right. where there was in like a, you know, where the where there was a tournament going on and there was, you know, all these high ranking uh, people from our our, our uh, do, not from the dojo, from the it was the ISKF, you know, yeah. like that's it. So, so they were all usually it's like this giant table of all these people. And that was just two high ranking people. And it was, so it was a lot less stressful. It was just testing the people from our dojo versus like everybody in the region, you know, so that was a, a lot less stressful. And I really appreciated that. How about the physicality portion of it? How different was it from your first one? Because I know some people, you know, as you get higher up in ranks, it's it's a lot less physical and more mental and stuff like that. So I mean, how how physically? Hard I would say was the physicality thing? was more or less the same. In fact, okay. in our in our style, as you move up the ranks, there's there's greater expectation. Like you know, the first degree black belt is largely about proving that you can master the basics, right. and then the next step up is like, okay, now you are you you know, they give you more complex combinations that you have to do and the katas that you have to do are a little bit higher up uh and so and then they also you know in sparring it's a little bit different like Mm -hmm. you have different expectations in sparring so i would say you know it was equally as you know challenging as far as what we have to do with our you know physicality part of it but uh it it didn't seem greater it just seemed more uh, a little bit more difficult techniques really so do you think you felt more prepared for your need on you know um it was it was a long break like i tested for my first degree black belt after only you know coming back to karate for four years Mm -hmm. right so this one it's been eight years since i got my my shodan so i had a lot more training in between there so part of me felt like everyone's like oh you got this you've been doing this for so long and everyone's fine but you never really know (laughs) you know so so now after you've been doing this now for quite a while, for you know, about 12 years, so have you started uh, assisting and teaching at all? Is that something that you enjoy? I haven't yet. Here okay. and there, I've done that when, when I've asked. In, in our style, like they, the sensei will always ask the highest ranking person first before they, so like there's still people that outrank me. So they ask them to do it first, but I'm certainly open to doing that should it come about. Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously teachings in your background for your, your normal job. So I would think that would kind of maybe come natural to you. And I know one thing I, most martial artists I've interviewed say, once they start teaching, they become better martial artists themselves. So. Absolutely. I mean, that's for any teacher really, you know, is like, you know, if you really want to get to know something, you teach it because you kind of have to look at it from a whole different angle and think about it in different ways. And I do have to ask, you know, one, one, one person who was featured in your documentary that um, wasn't actually Shotokan. I'm just curious how that came about. It was actually another uh, guest of mine, Chris Wilder. How did you, how did you meet Chris and, and how did he become part of the documentary? Oh, Chris is a great guy. I really yeah, like Chris. He is. Uh, I read a couple of his books. And so when I was doing research for the film, I was like, I just reached out to him through, you know, just because I thought he had a lot to say and he, and I wanted to see if he wanted to be interviewed based on the fact that he wrote this book. And that's basically how it was. I just, just reached out to him and said, Hey, would you mind being interviewed? So he, on his own dime, he flew out to Colorado to be a part of it. So it was really terrific. Nice, nice. So now, could you see yourself doing another martial arts type movie, whether it's a maybe not a documentary, but maybe a a fiction or an an actual scripted martial arts type movie? I would never say never. You know, I mean, I have to say that my expertise in filmmaking is not, you know, choreography, like action choreography. That's not really what I do well. I mean, I, I could certainly collaborate with somebody who has the ability to do that kind of choreography. 
but that's not my skill set. So I would never say never, but it's not where my head is at the moment. I'm, I'm sort of leaning more towards like dark comedy kind of thing. What about if uh, an instructor were to approach you and want to make some instructional videos? Would, the, would that be a project you'd be willing to help with or would that be maybe a little too much, too much extra work, kind of like a documentary? Yeah, I don't know if I would go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> Just had, had, to, had to ask. I know there's yeah. that's definitely a lot of them out there, and especially with you know virtual teaching now and stuff being a, a lot bigger thing after COVID. So uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of value in it, but you know, I'm at a point in my career where I really want to you know make feature films that and nice. and that is so encompassing that I don't know if I have the bandwidth to do that other kind of stuff. That's one thing I, I should have asked you. So with COVID, now how much did that interrupt your training, and how much did that interrupt your normal nine to five job also? Oh, like everybody it, it completely upset it. You know, I mean, our dojo was closed for a lot of time. And, and so uh, our sensei, what we would do is like near like halfway point of 2020, uh, when it got the weather started getting warm, we, um, we would all go to the, there's like at our, at our dojo outside, there was a big grassy area. So we would stand six feet apart wearing masks and we would do some training. So it was, nice. it was only once a week though. You know, so it was our, it was slowly getting us back to doing it and being part of our community. But, you know, there was a lot of sitting and not training, <laughs> you know, I could have trained in my house, but I don't know. We just didn't. Yeah. And what about as far your... as our job though? Yeah. Like it definitely, like as a teacher, you know, teaching through zoom and especially when I teach film production through a zoom yeah. thing just doesn't really, doesn't work well. I can't, I can't, I was thinking about that. I can't imagine that would be too easy to do. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've done audio production. I've learned some audio production through Zoom, and and that's even a little more difficult. I imagine video would be ten times worse. So yeah, and people don't really stay tuned. You know, like if when they're on Zoom, they just turn off the camera, and you don't know if you're talking to anybody. You don't even know if they're even really, you know, sitting in front of the computer or not. So it's really you're, it feels like you're not you have no audience. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So if someone approached you and said, "Hey, I saw the documentary. I'm thinking of getting involved in martial arts for the first time in my life." What tips would you give them on what to look for in a school, what to look for an instructor, and maybe some things on what they should avoid? You know, I would say you definitely want to try out a, a few different, you know, styles because they are very different. And, you know, uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you might be sold by the laminated, you know, uh, <laughs> the, this is how long it takes to get a black belt. Don't be, don't be persuaded by the idea of getting a black belt because the black belt doesn't mean anything. You know, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a, a way for you to think about your training and have, you know, objectives to get to a certain place. But as you know, if you've been training long enough that the black belt does not make you invincible, it does not make you magical. It's just, you could still get hurt pretty bad, you know, so it doesn't matter. However, I would say like try different styles you know, I, I like Shotokan because, um, you know, I don't want to get thrown around a lot. I like the idea of Aikido. I like the idea of Jiu-Jitsu, but I don't want to be thrown on the floor. And I mean, <laughs> I'm in my <laughs> mid-50s now. It's not my way anymore. So like the style that I do, you know, it's really, you know, you're all from a standing position and it's, uh, it's a very, you know, it's not a very showy style. You know, it's very practical. You block, you strike, you get out, you know. 
uh, and that's kind of the philosophy. So I would say really figure out what is important to you and, and where you are physically in your life to try to determine, you know, the, the right style. Nice. Oh, one thing I forgot to ask you, did in all your years now, have you done anything with competition? Has that ever been a part of the martial arts that has interested you at all? You know, the, we do have competitions uh, with the ISKF, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, prior to COVID, it was every year we would do it in March. And it was, it, you know, you, you did sparring, you did kata, you know, there's this dichotomy, though, because all of the senseis always say that the downfall of martial arts is when they made it competitive, you know, that where like it's really it's a way of life. It isn't something to gain a medal for. And then they go ahead and then they have these tournaments and give out medals. So <laughs> yep. like, I don't really know, you know, and then I'm, there's another guy in the documentary who's like, a, you know, a war, you know, he's a really high ranking uh, jujitsu guy. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, he, he had a really good point is like, you know, if you are, you know, a, a long distance runner or you're, you know, you jog every day at some point you want to know how do you compare with other people? So it's just a way of sort of gauging where you are. So I see the value in it. But, you know, in, in Shotokan, they really sort of look down upon sport karate versus, you know, a way of life. Right. No, that's and that's me. I've, I've never been I, I I love training other people for competition. I've just never been one who's enjoyed competing. I've been, yeah, I've I don't, one I don't like it either. I don't like it all, at all. Like, I, I don't know. It's not where I'm, my head is, you know, getting a medal doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. And you have to enjoy it. I mean, if you don't enjoy it, what's the point of doing it? And I know I, exactly. And I've told the story before. I, I had a previous instructor that actually used to force his students to competition. That's one reason I left his school. So, ah, <clears throat> yeah. So then yeah. you've been primarily a traditional martial artist for all these years. What are your thoughts on, and I know you talk a little bit about it in the documentary with, you know, your, your, um, one of your trainers and the jujitsu gentleman, what are your thoughts on MMA and the UFC? And are you a fan? You know, I don't really have a problem with it. If this is what people like to do, I get it. You know, like it's fun to watch that stuff. And, I, and these guys are amazing fighters and they, you know, they clearly are driven to do it. Uh, it doesn't interest me at all as, you know, I'm, you know, a, I'm too old to even go there, but like the idea of getting in a ring and beating each other up is just, it looks, it's, it's brutal. And, and, you know, I don't like that part of it. I, I like the peaceful, you know, when I spar in my dojo, we do it with friends, you know, because we're helping each other get better. And I feel like that's the best way to kind of learn as you kind of do it that way. So I'm not a big fan of the MMA. I don't really follow it. I couldn't tell you one guy's name who trains, you know, and does my MMA. But when I, when I, when I come across it here and there, you know, I, I do watch it and I, I admire their, you know, what they're doing, but it's just not my thing. Nice. And then, so throughout the thing of the documentary and in your years of training now, have your wife or kids shown any interest in martial arts? My wife, in theory, did, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, you know, she doesn't like the idea of getting bruised and, you know, she, it, it wasn't her thing at all, really, you know, that's not hers, but my kids tried it. Okay. Um, and uh, my sensei, uh, sensei Swain, you know, he's, he, he's, he's pretty tough on kids, you know, he does, he, he loses his patience pretty quickly, like where, if, you know, I said right foot, not left, you know, like, he, gets, <laughs> he gets very angry, you know, he, he loses his patience with kids and, and he does it with the adults too. I'm, I'm a grown, I'm a grown, I don't care. You know, he, all right, I'm sorry, whatever, I'll change my foot, you know, so, right. <laughs> but the little kids it's tough on. And so they didn't really respond to that style of teaching very well. 
uh, and it was my older son ended up going into different types of athletics. And my younger son is thinking about going back to it at some point soon, but cool. uh, we'll see. But they did try it and uh, they actually showed a lot of promise in my opinion, but they just didn't stick with it. So hopefully they will. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, every kid's different. A lot of kids will try it or their parents will put them in it and they'll do it for years and then just walk away. And, you know, and, and kind of like your story, we've had students that are like, I trained when I was like eight or nine and you know, now I'm 30 and coming back. So it's, you, you, yeah. you, you hope it's something that still stays down in there. And at some point, it'll, I, I, same thing with my kids, you know, you know, all three of my kids have did it from age five through like 14, 15 and then stopped. And I'm hoping <laughs> that they'll come back someday. Yeah. You know, that's the thing too, is like, I don't believe in like making my kids do like, you know, okay, it's Tuesday, you're going to karate and, or, you know, like. I don't feel like they have to, I mean, I'm happy to take them if they say I want to do this, then I'm like, all right, let's go. But like, I don't want to force them to do it. So I introduce them and then it's up to them because uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I feel like kids kind of have to do it on their own at some level. So I agree completely. So if you had to pick one martial artist to put at the top of your list, uh, just someone you truly admire, who would be up there? And if you can't pick just one, most of my guests usually pick more than one, (laughs) but I I always ask for one. Yeah. You know who I, oh oh gosh, his name escapes me. Give me the guy. Oh, he's a, he's a, he is in the movie, the protector. He's in, uh, he's a, um, he's Thai. Oh, Tony, Uh, Tony, Tony, uh, Tony, Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Oh my God. He is amazing. <laughs> he's, he's fun. I love his, I love, uh, Ung Bak. That was the first one I saw him in. And that, that chase sequence that was shot in one take was just mind blowing. Oh, the one in the protector. Well, the, the, the one in Ung Bak actually is the one I'm ah. thinking of. Um, I actually just bought the protector too. I found it at a local store for like two bucks on DVD. I haven't watched yeah, it like yet. Yeah, like the protector. I show that in my class from sometimes really? as far as like the, the, just the choreography and like, it's just truly incredible you know just you know he's just an amazing martial artist i also the guy who was in uh the shang chi movie i don't know his name oh yeah yeah i just saw that that's a great movie some great martial arts in that too yeah and and uh donnie yen i'm a big fan of i like that guy yeah Yeah, the the it man movies and yeah yes yes yeah it's we're we're, i mean it's it's to me it's now it is actually feeling like kind of like the 80s when you had Every week, there seemed to be a Seagal movie, a Van Damme movie, a Chuck Norris movie. And now we're kind of getting back to that where there's a lot more martial arts in the mainstream. We kind of took a break for a while where there wasn't a lot. Yeah, my, I have a good friend who like he loves like these cheesy, you know, Chinese kung fu movies. Yep. You know, and I mean, I, I admire them at some level, you know, but I to me, like they're just they become all blended into one after a while. And, you know, I I uh, I, I don't like the wire work kind of stuff as much, you know, yeah. but. Uh, but, you know, I love John Wick. You know, I thought John Wick was a great movie, you know, oh, yeah. uh, as far as like the martial arts. And and, and even in that, do you know that movie with Tom Cruise called Collateral? I love that movie. Yeah. You know, you know, he, he's not really set up to be a martial artist, but the things that he does, it's very quick, brief, and it feels real as opposed to like very showy. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what I really liked about that is just like, bam, and he's gone. He moves on. You know, I really like that. Kind of the same with um, uh, like some of the Jason Bourne movies, the Matt Damon. Some of those fight yes, scenes are just agreed. Yeah, yeah. Just, and the one thing I like about those is they're 
they're realistic <laughs> compared to some others. It's very realistic. At some level, yeah. aside, aside from like the flying through the window stuff. You know, right? oh, oh, come on. I do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's part of our katas, you know. We jump See? Through the windows. <laughs> that, that, that's, for, that's for third degree. Come on. Flying through the window is part of third degree tests. Be ready for that. So Yeah, I'll, I'll start practicing. <laughs> so do you have one martial arts philosophy you've learned in all these years of training that kind of stands on the top for you and, and you keep coming back to? Yeah, you know, I, I, I would say... You know, it, it sounds kind of lame in a, at level, but, you know, you just keep training. You just, you know, you don't worry, like, just go. Like, there are days where you don't feel like going, you know, and but, like, you walk in those doors and you do it, and you always are glad that you did most of the time, unless you get hurt or something. But uh, I would say that, you know, you just, you know, overcome the couch calling out to you and just really just do it. And, um, that, that's what I always just remind, I was like, I'm going to feel better when I'm, you know, when I get back and I'm be so happy that I went. And that is always the case, you know, like like I said, unless there's an injury that happens. See, and that's one thing like me, I, I'm one who I'll, I'll, I'll even go when I'm injured and my instructor will know it. And he'll be like, you you should not be here (laughs) because I sometimes tell us like, if you are injured, he'll say like, just let me know if you can't, you know, if you hurt your hamstring, you can't throw a kick don't, you know, just lift your leg up for the, for the drills and don't worry about it. You know, like, so he's sensitive to that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So a, a few fun ones to wrap it up. I'm, this one, I'm, I'm curious, your favorite martial arts book. Oh, waking dragons. That's the one that I really like a lot. Nice. I don't think I've heard that one. So who's, who's that one by what's that? What's a little bit about it. Okay. So yeah, it's called, it's by um, waking dragons by Goran Powell. And uh, it's not about my style at all, but it is like, it's a 30 man Kumite fight that they have to do. It's like one of the toughest tests. And so it's really well written and it's very engaging and it's far more brutal than what kind of uh, training I deal with, you know, uh, but these guys will train for like, you know, they'll, they'll fight 30 people, like for a minute, each one of those people as part of their test. Okay. And these are like full contact. Um, so it's really quite good. I really enjoyed that book. Yeah, I'll have to check that. I know I've heard of the 100-man kumite, the, the Masoyama thing, but I'll have to, I'm actually bookmarking this right now. I'm going to have to order this book and check it out. That's why I like I that also, question. It adds, adds to my library. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. I really enjoy that book. I'm looking at my library right here. Uh, I do like also, um, you know, the, uh, you know, Chris Wilder's book, about, you know, ways to the black belt, you know, I thought that was very inspiring for me. Also, it's called Living the Martial Way. Uh, Yeah, that was by Forrest E. Morgan. So Living the Martial Way, a manual for the way of a modern warrior should think. Uh, And that was really a great book. That one is another one that was very inspiring. And that's why I interviewed him in the the movie as well. Because it was just very, very, it was great for me to read that as I was just getting back into karate. Nice that one to my list too all right now you went to college in in the 80s so i'm not sure if you ever got into video games but if you did do you have a favorite martial arts video game Hmm. i did play i do play video games from time to time not really i tend to go more for the role-playing games you know so yeah no that's okay all right two two final ones these ones i'm with with your background and your job i'm really curious about these next two favorite martial arts tv show Oh, my favorite martial arts TV show. Let's see. I liked Into the Badlands. I thought that was really fun. Great show. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's, that's, uh, I, I was sad when it ended. <laughs> it yeah. Me really too. good. It ended way too soon. I think they could have done two or three more seasons easily. I also like Daredevil. I think Daredevil oh. is up there as well. I thought that was a terrific show. 
Yeah, I think all of I mean, the Marvel ones on Netflix were just great. There were some good. I wasn't fight, a fan fight. of the Iron Fist. I thought that was unwatch. <laughs> I felt that was unwatchable. I, I tried really hard because I like it in concept. Yeah. Was- See, I'm in the minority. I actually liked it, but I'm probably one of only like five people that actually liked it. So. I, my buddy liked it as well. Okay. He, you know, I just couldn't couldn't stand it. Nice. All right. Favorite martial arts movie, and you obviously can't pick your documentary. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite martial arts movie. I have this big collection of DVDs and Blu-rays, and nice. I would say it's The Protector. Okay, nice. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. solid one. That's one. That's one I have to uh, definitely go back and. It's probably been five years since I've watched that, so it's. I got about I think seventy or eighty martial arts movies in my in my collection. So it's and there's a handful that I watch every year. So. <laughs> oh oh wait no you know I want to I want to take that back. I okay. think my favorite one is Red Belt. Oh yeah. I forgot, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. That movie is terrific. And that I mean, what, I mean, uh, protector is great. Yeah. You know, it's a, I really enjoy that movie, but, um, this one I like, I think I am drawn to it cause it's a little more grounded. I feel like it's more relatable. It's, it's less about getting revenge of your brother's death. And so, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, this one I felt was really, really great. So, so I have to ask, you know, kind of with your story and, and leaving for many years and coming back, have you seen the newer movie, The Paper Tigers? I have not. Oh, you should watch it. I think it's you'd called en- Paper Tigers? Yep, Paper Tigers. I think you'd enjoy it. It's, it's... You know, that's been on my list for a long time. I just haven't watched it okay. yet. Okay, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I think it's on Netflix now, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's, it's. I, I saw the trailer. I'm like, this looks really good, and, and I watched it right when it came out, and it, it was it was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's. It oh, was, check it out. Yeah, it was, it was enjoyable. I've watched it twice already, so. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And then, so I know we talked a little bit about this, but so do you, what did, what do you think is the favorite martial or your favorite martial arts fight scene? Not, just, not, you know, not overall movie, just maybe one movie with your, I know you kind of talked about like collateral and stuff like that. Uh, can you, can you pick one out? It's yeah. like a favorite Boy, fight let me, scene. Let me put some thought into that. Let's see yep. here. My favorite martial arts fight scene. You know what? There's a couple of them that come to mind. So I'll throw out a, a two of them that you know i always reference that hallway scene in the daredevil tv show you know it's all one take and he's like throwing people through the door and you know it's uh, that is just awesome i love that that's one of my favorite ones um let's see what was the other one i really i mean you know the favorite scene is like i would say that protector scene when the guy is running up the stairs and he's fighting off all these guys that that was amazing let me think what was the other one that really comes to mind oh you know which one i really like in the movie the book of eli Mm -hmm. when uh he it's a post-apocalyptic show but uh he's being he's surrounded by all these these you know bandits uh that was a there's a really great scene in that one where he's got like this uh short sword that he pulls off his back and just kind of wipes them all out nice i know when you when you first said the hallway scene the first thing that popped into my head i thought you were going to say the uh, fight scene in Gross Point Blank with John oh, Cusack yeah. and and his instructor Benny the Jet Urquidez. <laughs> I love that movie. That's a great movie. Yeah, I, so I forgot about that scene. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's just I just think it's funny because he's fighting his own instructor, which is kind of cool. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's in it's enjoyable. But 
David, I just I just want to thank you, man. This has been it's been so much fun. I will put links uh, for the documentary out there because it's so good. I've I've sent it to so many people, and it, it's an inspiring story. It's it's well done, and and I'm so glad you. I, I'm glad we had to postpone <laughs> the interview, and I'm 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 so glad you got your your knee down last week. That's such a great accomplishment. And thank you, I appreciate it. So, is your goal? Are you hoping to still be doing this when you're in your seventies, like your instructor, and hopefully get to you know maybe third or fourth down or you know, like, again, like I'm, I'm so relieved to not be testing that the idea of <laughs> testing again is, is not high on my, my priority list, but the idea of, but there's no question in my mind that I want to keep going, you know, nice. like my best friends are in my dojo, you know, like we just, I just, that's where I go to, you know, that's my community. I'm, you know, that's where, that's what I like to do. And I, it keeps me sane. Uh, so I, I don't see myself stopping, you know, as far as progressing and testing, I, it's not that important to me, but you know, if the opportunity comes up and my sensei tells me I'm ready, then maybe I'll consider it, but nice. yeah, just keep training. Well, I'm, I'm hoping in, in a few years, I see you up on the stage accepting an Academy award and I can be like, Hey, I interviewed him way back when <laughs> I sure hope that happens, but I, <laughs> Hey, you, you never know, man, you got to start somewhere know. and, and uh, uh, your stuff's great. And I'm going to check out some of your other stuff too. Cause some of your other projects sounds really good. So I'm definitely going to dig into more of those, but uh, I, I truly appreciate your time and it's been a lot of fun. Thanks so much. I, I enjoyed it as well. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artists. We hope you will join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artists, and we'll see you next week.